Hi, and welcome to the Hollywood Dreammaker Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Gallo. I'm a 35-year veteran actor. I'm the kid who came out to Hollywood with 200 bucks in my pocket and a one-way ticket when I was 18. Didn't know a soul out here, and I've been living my dream ever since. I've had an amazing career. I've been an Academy Award-winning film, blockbuster film, hit TV series. You name it, I've done it, and I got the IMDb credits to prove it. Six years ago, I opened up my own school, the Manhattan Actor Studio, where I found my true passion. That's teaching the craft of acting, but not only teaching the craft of being the guy. Success leaves clues. I know how to make dreams a reality. I did it for myself, and I do it on a daily basis for my students. And I can help you achieve yours. Welcome to my podcast. Let's get started. I am super excited to introduce my guest. He's a former Major League Baseball player and TV radio broadcaster for the Toronto Blue Jays. He played for the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Miami Marlins, and the New York Yankees. He also played in Japan for the Tokyo Swallows. He was a child actor in commercial and TV. He studied theater at Winthrop University in Rock Hill, South Carolina. I want to welcome my student, Chris LaRue, to the podcast. Welcome to the show, brother. What's up, man? I feel like I'm just sitting in your studio right now. <laughs> you are. You are. You know, it's funny because yeah. you say that, you know, a lot of people, they, they see this and they think it's a... Uh, a green screen, but you know, you've been here, you sat in the studio, you've been my student for a little bit now. And, uh, you know, I, I got a text from you the other day. I know you listened to the podcast and a text from you the other day said, you mind if I read the text? Yeah, no, go ahead. So it said, you know, you should do a podcast with an actor or an actress who's starting out. And they basically ask you all the questions they want to know how to start out and become successful in the business. I think that would be popular and beneficial. And I thought that was a great idea. And I said, that's awesome. Why don't you be the actor? And you were like, well, that's not what I'm saying here. <laughs> but, but I threw you a curveball and, and uh, you yeah. like that. And you stepped up to the plate and here you are. So I want to thank you for, for doing this. I know it was last minute. Yeah, of course. Um, I, I think that, like I was telling you over the text, the this podcast is going to be beneficial for for everybody starting out. When I was starting out, I was looking at at different acting studios, and and first of all, I started in Toronto. I was in Toronto at the time when I started, and there was just no real information on how to navigate through Hollywood through this whole big gigantic industry. Um, and I know, I know a lot of people are probably wondering the same questions. Okay. I'm a good actor or I'm in acting school. Okay. What do I do now? How do I get an agent? How do I do certain things? How do I go to auditions? How do I get a headshot? How do I even have a background on my, on my self? There's, there's just, there's so many things that new actors need to know. And there's just not that much information out there. And, and, and you being you, full of knowledge, full of years in this industry, you probably know every single answer to every single question I'm going to throw at you. So I'm, I'm really excited personally, not just for people to listen and to gain knowledge, but for myself to gain knowledge as well. So I'm grateful that you actually agreed to do this. Oh, I love it. I think it's great. You know, I agree. There's a lot of bad information out there. You know, I, I, I myself typed in actor into a search box on, 
Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Now I get bombarded by all these ads, these sponsored ads from acting teachers, you know, having this digital core, this course. And I, and I, I do a little research and I go, okay, um, let me see what, who this person is. You know, I go on IMDB and I, I search them up and I, and I look them up to see, you know, who are they that they're teaching a, a, a class. And I can't tell you how many of those digital courses um are are you know they're i don't, I don't want to throw shade on anybody but the, you know they're people that never had a career you know if you look them up they have a couple of short films and there's nothing wrong with short films but you know they're they 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 you know they have credits like man on the bus and guy at the bar and mm. you know i mean they never really made the dream a reality they didn't you know they didn't earn the kind of, you know, you want to model somebody that's actually done it. That's actually made, been successful in this business. You know, uh, these people haven't. So, you know, and I, I've looked at some of the stuff that's out there and it's, it's really bad information, you know, like, yeah. Oh, how do you cry? Oh, well, you, uh, you, you stare at a corner and you don't blink, you know, or you, you smell an onion. I mean, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like really bad information. No, that's, that's terrible information. And that's not the type of information I expect from you. I think that like, I've obviously I've gained respect for you over the last three months or however long we've been working together. And you kind of scared me at first, just because you're so, I've said this to you in person, you're so passionate about the craft that it, it's, it, it, it like pulls, pulls you in, pulled me in. The, the first meeting we had when you threw that monologue at me and, and I was basically trying out for you, you said, okay, read this monologue. And I was like, huh? You were like, read the monologue. And I was just staring at you. You're sitting at your desk and I was sitting in the chair in front of your desk. And this dude that was in Crash and, and, and Pretty Woman and, and all these shows um, was just staring at me, expecting me to just, you know, I was expecting that you were expecting an Oscar winner. And I was like, oh, shit, like this is this has just gotten really real all of a sudden. And that's when I knew that I was in the right place. You know, you weren't just some fly by night guy who's like, OK, I'll accept anybody into my class that's willing to pay, you know, X amount of dollars. And I'll see what we can do. You really care about the craft. You care about the people and you care about making people better is what I, what I really enjoy about you. Um, I'm still nervous walking into your classroom because I feel like, like you're um, not judging is, is the very, is, is an incorrect word, but you're just, you want me to succeed so badly that like, I don't want to disappoint you. You know, and, and that's the feeling that I get every time I walk into your classroom. And man, I've gotten so much better. And, and, and I hope that people all over the world, all over the U.S. can come to Manhattan Beach and, 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 and work with you because it's been such an incredible experience. And I'm, and, and I'm grateful for you. Well, look, first off, when I did give you that piece of material, you did step up and you showed me your talent. And, you know, I do audition actors. I don't, I don't work with everybody. I'm, I'm super busy and I, I need to know you're passionate about this and that you really want to do it. And you showed me that you were really passionate and that you're a really good actor. And I, I have no doubt in my mind that you're going to be successful in this business. No doubt. 
because you're hungry for it. You want it. You're passionate about it. And that's key. I mean, listen, what you've done, what you've accomplished, you know, you had a dream to become a major league baseball player and you pitched for the friggin' New York Yankees. So that just shows me that you have the ability to manifest your dreams. So now you've put your focus on this Hollywood dream. And I have no doubt if you put the work and effort that you put into becoming a major league pitcher that into this craft of acting and go after this with, with a, with a vengeance, with everything you have that you can make this dream a reality. And it, and it, I am passionate about it and I do want to make my actors achieve the dream. I mean, that's why the podcast is called a Hollywood dream maker. That's what I do. I make dreams a reality and I'm honored to be your guide and to show you the path. You know, and the beauty is, is now because of this podcast and because of Zoom, you don't have to come to Manhattan Beach to study with me. You can study with me anywhere in the world, you know, via Zoom, just like this. You can do a private yeah. class with me. So that's the beauty of, uh, you know, what what happened during the pandemic. It pushed me out of the, the Manhattan Beach bubble. And now I have students all over. Yeah. And, and to kind of piggyback your point, I think that you can't just say, oh, I'm going to be an actor, Right. You can't just expect things to happen. You have to make them happen. Like I have, I have a couple buddies right now who are former athletes, good-looking dudes, uh, and they're just they're just actors, right? They're not working at the craft. They're not working out like like you say. They're kind of just floating around, and they they shoot me a text every now and again, like, hey, how how do I become an actor? Or how do I get an agent? Or how do I do certain things? I'm just like, dude, you gotta work, man. Like you haven't worked at the craft in like six months. Like you can't just be an actor, you know, you can't just get a movie role. I'm sure that's happened, but it's one in a billion. You got to put the work in, you got to get to the gym. Just like, just like you always say, like the, the, the acting studio is a gym. And, and I can't stress that enough, man. Like if I don't, if, if, if I miss a class for some reason and I don't have you in my life for like 14 straight days, I feel it. It's, it's like, I'm not as good of an actor anymore because I, I've, have 14 days of, of not working out in the studio or in the gym, as you call it. Um, and I just can't stress that enough. You've got to get in classes, you've got to work. And, and, and this podcast, this, this one specifically is going to be useful because you're going to know what to do. You're going to know where to go. You're going to know who to call. You're going to know what websites to go to. And, and, and then you're just going to, it's going to be up to you. You know, it's going to be up to how passionate you are, I mean, ultimately, it's how lucky and how good you are. But if you put in the work, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that, that everybody has a chance in this business. Absolutely. As long as you stay in it and you don't quit and you keep going after it. Listen, you're going to get a lot of no's. You're going to get rejected. You, there's a, you know, this business, you got to have thick skin. You got to let, you know, roll off of you like, you know. Don't take it personally. Those no's, you know, you want no's. You know, no's are a good thing. No's bring, bring you closer to a yes. No's mean you're in the game, you know, getting rejected means you're in the game. You had an opportunity to audition for something. And, and, and I don't look at it as rejection. I think it is every opportunity, every audition is an opportunity for you to work on your craft, to create a character. You know, you already got the part as far as I'm concerned. You're not going in there trying to get anything. You're going in there. You've created a character and you're going into play and you love acting. And guess what? You have an audience today, you know? So if you stay in play, which is key is it's, play you know like when you were a little kid and you wrapped the towel around your freaking head and you said you were superman you know in halloween you put the costume on and the mask and you run around trick-or-treating and you're having fun it's the same thing with acting i think actors you know it, it if you take it where it's it's you're in your head and you're like a desperate and oh my gosh i hope they like me and i hope i don't forget my lines and you're in trouble you know i like to say if you're in your head you're dead you know uh, 
and you, if you're in your heart, you're smart. So be in play, man. Have fun. And and if you're having fun, guess what? That casting director's having fun watching you. The audience is having you, fun watching you. You know that's hard. Like I like I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it real during this hour that we have together. Please, like, yeah, absolutely. Dude, that that's that's hard to do, especially for someone who's young, who's who's new to the business. Not necessarily young. You don't have to be young to be an actor, but but who's new to the business? Who's who's this? who's seeing casting directors for the first time, you can't, you can't expect somebody to be like, Oh, fuck it. I'm just going to go in. I've already got the job. I've already, you know, like that's, that's hard to just to put in your mind, you know? Yeah. Because, but see what the problem is, is, is you're, you're thinking you're an actor going into an audition. Mm -hmm. I think that's where the mistake is. I never come in as an actor into an audition. I come in as a character into the given circumstance and I play in that world. I put myself in a real place. I put up that fourth wall, that audience, that, that casting director, they don't even exist. They're not there. As far as I'm concerned, I'm bringing that character into the door and I'm making it truthful for me. I'm putting myself in a real place. I'm talking to a real person. I've substituted somebody real in there. I'm not talking to the fictional character. I'm talking to a real person and I'm fighting for a real need and I'm in that world. And that's where you get to play because it's not you. If you're the actor coming into the audition or you're the actor in front of a camera with 150 technicians looking at you, you're in trouble. You got to be able to go play and and go into that imaginary world and live in the that you know that situation that and and you know play. It's really uh, it's all about play. That's why they call it players in the theater. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean I I, I know that that's where you need to get. It's just it's just super hard to 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 be intimidated by these high end like high level executives and then be like yeah I'm just gonna play. That's I mean yeah. that's the ideal goal. We all know that. But it's still it's still tough to to get there as a as a young actor. Yeah. So here's the, here's the thing with you know you said intimidated by these high level things. You can't put them up on a pedestal. Mm. You can't put them in like oh my gosh they're the people that are going to make my career. I'm going to be famous. Mm. If they, you can't do that to yourself because you're putting too much pressure on yourself. I like to flip the script and going to the room going you're welcome. <laughs> you have a problem. I am the solution. I've done all the work. I've made choices. You know, I know this character better than everybody else. I wrote a backstory from this character. I did a previous circumstance. I did a private moment exercise. I, I'm working an animal. I'm doing all kinds of choices. Talent lies within your choices. So the bigger, the bolder, the more choices you have, the more fun you're going to have, right? And if you don't put them up on a pedestal, like, oh my gosh, and you you put them as, you know, look, they put their pants on one leg at a time too. They're, they're a human. They have dreams. They, they need you to be good. They want you to succeed. Okay. That casting director wants to be a director. You know, she wants to look good in front of the producer. You know, everybody in that room wants you to succeed. They want you to be the person. You know, so you just got to know that coming in and they really, truly want you to be successful and yeah. be that character and then go in there and show them that you're the character and you've done the work. I know more about this character than the writer who wrote the script because he didn't write that backstory. I did. And that's yeah, when you can play. There's been times um, when, I've, when I've come into class and I have my monologue ready, it's all memorized and, and, and I think that I'm prepared. And you say, okay, what's this character's name? And I look at you, I'm like, I don't know. Okay, what does he do for a living? I'm like, uh, I don't know. Okay, anything else about this character? I'm like, 
uh, maybe I'm not prepared. And as soon as we, and then we take, you know, 10, 15 minutes to talk about the character, talk about his name, his backstory, who's he to, who, who he's talking to, big decisions like you like to call them. I immediately feel more connected to whatever monologue or whatever script I have in my hand because it feels real. And I think that that leads me to my, to my first question is, is how, how do you come off as real? Like how, like that's, that's literally the most important thing in acting is you're believable. And how do you do that? Well, first you got to know that you're enough, that you're enough, you know, that you were created and it sounds a little woo woo, but you were created a masterpiece. All right. And this talent was given to you. This is your talent. You know, some people can sing, some people can dance this. If you're an actor, this was given to you. So trust that, you can be successful in this business because this talent was given to you. And if you own who you are and step up to who you are and shine your light, right? This is a God-given talent. I'm going to go shine my light all over that room and I'm going to have some fun, right? And you've made some big choices. You're going to be able to go in there and you're truly going to be able to play. And, and, and if you create the character but you bring you, your soul, your truth, your life experience, everything that's ever happened to you in your life, the good, the bad, the ugly, all that stuff, that's your gold as an actor. So if you can take the script and, and, and really dissect it and go, okay, well, what am I saying in this line? Well, you know, this, the, the line says, oh, I love this cat, right? But you're allergic to cats. You hate cats, you know? But if you can substitute the puppy that you love in there. So when you say, I love cats, you're really saying, I love dogs, right? Or you, when you're talking to the fictional mom, you're really talking to your mom. Yeah. So now you've, now you've loaded it up with your truth. You've put yourself in your real kitchen, talking to your real mom, talking about something that's real. And if you can do that and leave a piece of your soul behind in that room, every time you get an opportunity, because you're, all you're doing is being vulnerable and truthful you know, you're exposing your stuff, your shit, you know, and making art out of it. And if you can take your stuff, your soul and hand it over to a character, I promise you, they will feel you. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether you get the part or not. They're going to take note because you didn't play it safe, safe, memorizing some words, trying to survive an audition. Boring. Yeah. Dangerous, vulnerable, truthful, exposing your stuff in the room is, is, powerful they will yeah. feel it they will become a fan of your work yeah okay and if you get a couple of casting directors to become a fan of your work guess what they're going to bring you back in mm. and they're going to bring you back in again and if you play the big game every time it's just the numbers game till that right role comes along and that casting director why does she bring you in one because you make her look good or him look good right you're not playing it safe Right. So you want to go and play the big game. And the way you do that and the way you you're truthful is, is by loading it up with your truth, your soul, your stuff. Another question kind of connected to that, I guess, is, is, is you've always been somebody who, who, I don't know, are you, you're a method actor, right? I am. Yes. So, so you're a big, a big fan of, of going to the thrift shop and, and getting outfits for whatever character you're playing. Should, should you do that? as an actor in every audition? Or is there ever a time when you just walk in in regular clothes? Well, listen, yeah. 
That, that's a, that's a good question. And, you know, listen, you don't have to go out and go shopping every time you have an audition. You know, you can you use the wardrobe in your closet, but you want to think about what are the clothes that my character's wearing, right? If I'm auditioning for a military, a Marine, right? I'm coming in in a jean jacket and a T-shirt. There's nothing military about me. I've lost the part at hello, right? But if I have a, a tight fitting khaki shirt in my, my you know, dresser and, and uh, you know, maybe uh, some dog tags or something, you know, that screams military. I mean, from the moment they see you, they're going, is this the guy? Is this the guy? Is this the guy? You have yeah. to serve it up as soon as you walk in the door. As soon as they see you on that tape, they got to go, oh, my gosh, that's a Marine. Okay. Mm. You can't leave anything to their imagination. You literally have to serve it up and go yummy, yummy. It tastes good. Right. You like that? Yeah. Good. Yeah. So, so, but, but I am, yes, I'm a method actor. I, I like to work from the inside, right. I like to create this, find the soul of the character, but once I've done all that work, then I like to go find the wardrobe. Yeah. Go to Goodwill, find that hat or that piece of wardrobe that really makes you feel like the character, you know, you step into the shoes of the character, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing what wardrobe will do. Like if you put on a nice suit, right. Right. right? You're going out, you got a nice suit on, you feel differently. You walk differently. You, you know, you, you behave differently, right. You put on a baseball uniform, you feel a little different, right. Uh, put on, you know, you put on the uniform, you put that Yankee uniform on, you feel different. You walk differently. So, <laughs> you know, the wardrobe says a lot about you. So yeah, you want to do the work, inside and then you want to create you know put find the right wardrobe you know what bothers me is when let's say you know especially for young actors if they're working on an independent or a short film or whatever you know they don't have a big budget they don't have a wardrobe you know so that sometimes the wardrobe lady will say you know bring three suits and a couple of shirts and whatever and i'm like i don't want to wear that suit that i wore to the funeral or to the wedding that's not my character so you know Either they they go find me some wardrobe or I'm going to have to find it for myself. I will go to Goodwill and find some clothes that are not mine. I don't want to be in my clothes. I don't want to be that suit that I wore to the funeral. It's funny. It's funny because I I remember the first time I like I dressed up in, in one of our classes and we were, I was doing a scene from Yellowstone. I think I was playing Kevin Costner and I wore like a cool, a cool, um, like Levi's jacket with the the fur on the collar. And I wore like a, like a straight bill, like Venice, Venice uh, beach type of hat. And my, my boots weren't cowboy boots. They were like literally Venice. And I remember you said to me, you're just like, dude, you look like you're hanging out in Venice. Like, what is this outfit? I was just like, <laughs> oh, I tried so hard, well, but I didn't try hard though. I literally just went in my closet. Like yeah. you said not to do. And I just, I, I picked out everything that I would wear on a Saturday night. And then as soon as you, you like laughed at me and you looked at my, <laughs> looked at my outfit, I was just like, damn, I get it now. You know, like this is me still, I'm still yeah, being me. Is, I want to yeah. be somebody else. Yeah. But that's the fun. That's the great part about being an actor. I mean, that's why I, I am an actor, you know, is because you know, to be honest, I, I was uncomfortable being me as a kid. You know, I didn't, you know, I was, I was more comfortable being somebody else, you know, I had a rough childhood, you know, I, I, I didn't like me when I was young. I was like uncomfortable in my own skin. So it was easier for me to be somebody else, you know, and, and the fun part about being an actor is, is truly being able to transform and become somebody else. Yeah. You know, your walk is differently. Your talk is differently. Your behavior is differently. You know, that's why I asked, what's your last name? You know, on the script, it says, Bob. Okay, Bob, what's your last name, Bob? Most actors go, I don't know. Didn't say on the script. I don't know. Right. 
<laughs> well, that's then my how excuse, do, you look yeah. so disappointed every time. But how do you play a character if you don't even know your freaking last name, right? I mean, your last name says a lot about you, right? If I says your your last name is Hernandez and you and you grew up in East LA, there's a character there. Okay, now you got to figure out. Okay, where was he? What was the environment that he grew up in? You know, if he grew up in a tough environment, maybe he walks a certain way. He's a product of that environment. If I said your last name was Gallo and you grew up in Brooklyn and Bensonhurst, you may be different. You may have a New York accent. You may walk differently. If I said your, you know, your na- last name is I don't know Spicoli and you grew up in Venice Beach, you know, there's a different guy there. So. Having knowing what your last name is, knowing who where you grew up, you know, even your parents, what were your parents like? If I said you you grew up with a father that it's in the uh, um, in the Marines, you may have grown up differently, you know, uh, you know, at the, around the table where he says, you know, you address me as sir and, you know, you get your elbows off the table. Or if you had a crackhead as a father that was in and out of prison, that's going to you know, the childhood affects the adult, creates the adult. So you want to make those choices in the past, you know, why, you know, those, those, those events that happen as a child create uh, a persona, right? An unfulfilled need creates the mask that the character wears, right? The little, the little girl that mommy flushed her goldfish down the toilet and she couldn't save a little fishy. Well, she grows up and she becomes the president of save the whales. Yeah, yeah. Why? Because her little unfulfilled need of her saving her little fishy, you know, was unfulfilled and she created this persona. Right. The little 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 boy that, you know, uh, he couldn't stop daddy from beating up mommy. Well, he grows up and he becomes a police officer because now he can protect the mommies in the world. Okay, you know, I'm just using as a silly example, but that's you know, that's how the childhood creates the adult. So you want to you want to do that work. You want to know you want to know why, because nobody else is doing it. Most actors are lazy and this is how you outwork them, out prep them, out choice them. They don't know. They have no idea what their childhood was like. You do. You made that choice. You, you did a private moment. You called your long lost daddy and had a conversation with him and you listened to him and you found out information that's not in the script. And you bring all of that to the script. Mm-hmm. Piggybacking that. What do you, if, if I have a busy week, all right, I have an audition on Thursday. I know it's important, but I have a busy week. It's Thanksgiving. Let's say. I don't have time to do everything on that list. I don't have time to, to get the outfit. I don't have time to, to get the haircut. I don't have time to, to do all those things. What is the most important thing, number one on your list, if I'm going, to, going into an audition? Listen, if I can give you a script cold, right? Like, boom, here, read this. Yeah. You know, the first thing you want to say is, who am I? Who am I? Right? Who am I? What do I want? Mm-hmm. What do I need? What am I feeling? If you start there, who am I? What do I want? What do I need? What am I feeling? You know, why do I want it? What happens if I don't get it? What's at stake? You know, mm-hmm. making those kind of choices, even if uh, on a piece of material that's cold, is going to give you stuff to play because you know you made a choice. You know, yeah. where am I coming from? What's my previous circumstance? Where am I going? Is there a ticking clock? Do, do I have a destination? Do I have to be somewhere? Do I have a secret? Is there a sensory condition? You know, if I, I made the choice that my character's uh, been drinking and I'm trying to cover the fact that I've been drinking, you know, now that there's just stuff to play that's not on the page. So, you mm-hmm. know, even simple, simple things is who am I? What do I want? What do I need? What am I feeling? Yeah. What is my relationship to this person? Do I like this person? Do I not like this person? You know, what's going on? You know, the words are the words on the page. They don't necessarily mean they're true. Yeah. 
right? So you got to figure, dig underneath the words a little bit and go, what am I really saying? What's underneath those words? What's the subtext? What's really going on? And if you make those choices, even if you don't have the wardrobe in the hand, the thing, whatever, you made those choices, you're going to stand out from everybody else because you know, you've already made some choices nobody else has made. Yeah. And it's all about choices. Talent lies within your choices. Mm-hmm. It's so all about that, that answer is so much different than I was expecting. I thought you were going to be like, memorize the words. And then I was like, fuck, he doesn't, he doesn't, he, words are just on the page. Like that's the, the words even. are not, you know, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the words, are, you know, you want to know the words, but the words are just the words, man. That's not the character. You want to know who the character is. You want to show them who the character is. If I'm a casting director and I see somebody bring me the character and they messed up the words a little bit, but I see the character, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's him. Yeah. You know, so you flub a line or whatever, who cares? As long as you don't break character and go, oh my gosh, I messed up. You know, you stay in it. You never break character. I don't care what happens. You stay in it. From action to cut, you stay in character. From whenever you're ready and thank you very much, stay in character. Because sometimes the magic happens when you're, you are lost and you're thinking, I don't know what to say next. Well, if you... The character doesn't know what to say next. It's a real moment. You're actually thinking, you're not just saying a bunch of words. Yeah, you said you actually said that to me uh, quite a bit where I, I mess up a line and, and I'm a perfectionist. So like if, if, if I don't if I if I think I've memorized a script or a monologue or whatever I'm working on and I'm, I'm performing it in, in front of you and I, I forget a line or or I, I, I whatever, whatever happens. And then I'm like, oh man, sorry. And then every time I've said that, you look at me and you're just like, do not say sorry. The most important thing is to stay in character because that makes it real. Real people, you know, jumble their words together and they, 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 you know, they, they do all sorts of things. If you're just like a robot and this, and the, and, and every word is perfect, that's not real. You know, so the real magic happens when you, I'm not saying go out and mess up your lines, but the real magic is kind of in there somewhere. Absolutely. And and here's the deal with sorry. This is how I feel like all actors should delete sorry from their acting vocabulary. Okay. Why? I may have thought, let's say you're at my audition and, and I'm thinking from the get go, oh my God, this guy's the guy. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. I love this guy or whatever. And you flubbed a line, whatever. And then you said, oh, I'm sorry. You just told me what? Bad boy, you did something wrong. You just told me you're not the guy. Now, I may have thought you were the guy the whole time. And then you said, I'm sorry. So, you know, if you mess up or whatever, let's say you had to start again. You say, I'd like to take it from the top. All right. And if a good casting director sees you're doing something, okay, take it from the top. But, you know, throwing a sorry in there means you did something bad. You never want to leave them with some negative thing. You know, even your behavior, walking in and out of the audition, let's say you did flub a line or whatever, and you're in your head thinking, oh, I messed up, right? And you're walking out with your head down. I may have thought you were the guy till your behavior walking out the door said, oh, he's not the guy. Yeah. That's why I always tell my actors, walk out confident. I want you to think in your brain, I just rocked this audition. Because if I'm a casting director and I see that behavior, you know, an ounce of behavior is worth a pound of words. I see that and I go, oh, he did good. Because you told me you did good. You planted that seed just by your behavior. So yeah. your entrance and your exit is just as important. If you mess up, no big deal. Stay in character. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, say, yeah. You also you also say that if if a casting director or director whoever's in the audition room says how are you, you say oh I'm fantastic or or something along those lines because I always say oh, I'm good, I'm yeah. okay, stuff like yeah. that, and and that puts in their their mind it's 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 the same thing where oh he's just okay. 
Right? Yeah, listen, if you have five got this, yeah. So if you have five minutes in a room with a casting director, right? And uh, you know, your words are so powerful. You are literally planting seeds into their brain. So do you want to be good? Right? How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm okay. What, what do you want to? That's the seed you're planting. When you leave, I'm gonna ask my assistant, what did you think of him? Oh, he was good, you know, he was okay. Because you told me that. Now, yeah. if you said I'm I'm awesome, thank you. <gasps> Ooh, you just told me you're awesome, and then you you know deliver in that room, and you are awesome. You just told me you're awesome. You proved to me you're awesome. Yeah. You know, so it's not small talk, chit chat time. Oh, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Uh, you know, you don't want to do that. You don't want to know how that casting director is doing. They've been in that room for eight hours. They've read hundreds of actors. You know, the, the last actor that came in was wearing cologne and, you know, literally stunk up the room. I got a migraine headache. My dog just shit on the carpeting over there. You know, I got a producer yelling at me. You don't want to know. It's about keeping the spotlight on the awesome you. But you don't. So as, a, as an actor who's auditioning in that room, I don't say, I'm great, thanks for asking, how are you? No. Okay. Why? Because it's it's not chit-chat time. Unless a casting director starts, wants to have a conversation, and they initiate it, okay, well, yeah, you can have a conversation with them. But I would not be the initiator of the conversation, okay? You're there for one reason and one reason only, to show me the character. I don't care about the traffic. I don't care about your dog that died. I don't care about any of that. It's, I don't want to touch your hands. I don't want to, you know, it's like there, there's just certain things you do not want to do, you know? So come into the room. You're a professional actor. You're coming in to show them the role. You do your thing. Mic drop. Thank you very much. Walk out confident. I don't want I don't need to know all that other stuff. Now, after the audition, if the casting director wants to have a conversation to get to know you a little bit, know your personality, sometimes they do that to check, check you out. It's, you know, like a little personality slate to see, you know, who is this guy? So, you know, that at that point, yeah. But listen, if I have to go into an emotional scene and I got to cry in the scene and the casting directors, uh, you know, I walk into the room and casting directors, you know, talking about the weather and the traffic or something like that. I'm going to stop her right there and I'm going to say I'm ready to go. I don't need I got to. You don't think my- you don't think that's you acting like this. This is just me because I'm I'm a very nice person. I'm, I'm, I like to, to talk to the random people. Mm-hmm. Is it coming off kind of like an asshole if you're just like, ah, no, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. No, any good casting director that's worth anything in the casting business will know. Well, they know the scene. They're, you know, you got to cry in the scene. They know you've done your prep. You're ready to go. I'm going to respect that. I'm going to go, yeah, we'll talk after. Yeah, let's do this. Okay. You know, it, it's protecting yourself. You have to protect yourself as an actor. You're not a freaking robot. You can't just turn on a switching and get to where you got to go. So you got to protect yourself in that room. You know, I take a, a, a moment to take a breath and ground myself in the room and go through my stuff. You don't want to take too long because then they're going, okay, what's going on with this guy? When's he going to freaking act? But you want to protect yourself. You can't just turn on the switch, you know, but you don't want to get distracted with all that chit chatty stuff. You know, if you're ready to go, you know, I'm ready to go. Okay. It's not being right. rude. It's you're a professional actor. Listen, if you see Robert De Niro on a set, you know, he don't want to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. He wants to get... To the set. Yeah, I'll talk to you later. You know, I ran into De Niro. He was doing Night in the City in, in New York City. And I had just screen tested for Awakenings with him. So I, I knocked on his dressing door and said, is Bobby here? You know, and, he, and it's like, no, no, Bobby's in the middle. He's getting ready right now. You know, <laughs> you got to re- respect the actor, the process. You know, I have to get there. I got to go to that emotional place. So I don't need any distractions. All right.
Um, and listen, this is just my opinion. This is just, you know, I've been in this business a long time and I've, I've made the mistakes. I've done those things. So mm-hmm. I know what works and what doesn't work. And I've been blessed. I've booked every kind of room you could possibly think of. One hour dramas, half hour sitcoms, you know, commercials, TV, film, you name it. I've been in that room and they all have a very specific way to approach the material and how to audition. I book dozens of, you know, uh, pilots, you know, I mean, I've been in this business a long time, you know, so I know what works in the room and what doesn't work. And I've also been on the other side of the desk as a producer in casting. And I've seen actors come in and read from me and I see the mistakes and I see what they're doing. So I'm coming. What I teach is I've been on the other side. I've been the, I've been all the way around this thing. I've been in that process. So I know what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Everything. That's why, that's why I enjoy being with you so often is, is just because you have, you've, been, you've literally done everything in this business, right? I mean, minus winning a, an Academy Award. You, not yet. Well, not yet. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you've done everything and, and yeah, some of your, some of your advice is, is a little bit, a little bit crazy. Like you come in and uh, what was the story where you, you were yelling at the casting director, but that was your, that was your, uh, that was your character. Yeah. But, but, but that was, <laughs> listen, that was, and, and, and that's a valuable lesson that I teach. Okay. Yeah. And it was my very first audition in Hollywood. Okay. So when I came out to Hollywood at 18 with 200 bucks in my pocket and one way ticket, didn't know anybody, I ran out of money real fast. I was like, shit, I got to get an agent. I got to get an agent. I knew I had to get an agent, right? So I went and I got a list of agents from the Screen Actors Guild. And this is back in 1984 when there were no cell phones, no GPS, no nothing. And I was like in deep in the valley in Van Nuys because I didn't know California. I found a room for rent for a hundred bucks, you know, and and I had to take six buses to Hollywood. And I literally went down the list of agents and I started banging on doors. The A's, doors slammed in my face, get lost, you know, the B's knocking, bum, bum, bum. I mean, literally walked all over how every agency in town, doors slamming in my face, but I kept on knocking on doors. I finally found an agent at Y, the Yenes Talent Agency, okay? Now, I could have stopped at D or C, but I kept banging on a door. And that's the most important thing. That's the lesson is you got to be relentless in the pursuit of it. You got to bang on a lot of frigging doors. You got to get a lot of no's because all you need is one yes. And I got that one. Yes. And yes, it was a rinky dinky agency. I don't want to talk shit, but it was just like really kind of, you know, the first time I met him, he, he opened up his draw and said, Hey, you want to shout a tequila? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, he had a yeah, stack sure. of polo. He had a stack of Polaroid pictures with girls yeah. with their breasts. I was like, you know, I was literally walking out the door, but then he said, wait, 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 there's a show, uh, the fall guy. Now cut to me back before I left. Brooklyn, I'm sitting on my couch watching a TV series called The Fall Guy. It was about uh, Hollywood and stuntmen and with Lee Majors that I grew up watching in uh, The Six Million Dollar Men. And I used to sit and watch that TV and I go, I'm going to do that. I saw myself doing that, right? So here I am in Hollywood. I'm walking out the door. The guy says, there's an audition for the show, The Fall Guy. I went, what? The Fall Guy? I go, you get me that audition. I'm going to get that part. Yeah. Well, he he got me the audition. I didn't even have headshots. He took a Polaroid picture of me with my clothes on and he sent it to Cassie. Gets me the audition, okay? Now, here I am. I go to 20th Century Fox. I walk into the lot, magical, you know, the fake wall, New York City streets or whatever. I get to the audition. There are all these actors in the lobby and they got leather jackets on and they're looking, you know, like tough guys. The character was, character's name was Billy. 
It was a guest starring role. He was a bully who was bullying kids to deal drugs. And if they didn't be deal drugs, he'd, he'd beat them up. <laughs> so the scene, you know, I walked into the lobby, I see all these actors with leather jackets. And I kind of laughed because, I mean, literally, I was right off the streets of Brooklyn. You know, the character's name was Billy. I had a diamond pinky ring that said Billy. I literally put my fist in every one of the actors' face. I said, what does that say? Billy, that's me. You can go home. And I told them all to go home. And then I get into the room with the casting director and the scene was I'm threatening this, this kid. Let me tell you something about me. I'm either going to be your friend or your enemy. So it's up to you. And remember, your bodyguard's not around to protect you. And, and I didn't know better, but I grabbed the casting director out of the chair and I started threatening her. And she went, time out, time out, time out. <laughs> she goes, number one, she goes, never, ever, ever, ever put your hands on a casting director ever again. I said, I'm sorry. You know, it's my first audition. I didn't, I, you know, I didn't know. She goes, she goes, number two, she goes, you're not leaving town, are you? I go, no, why? She goes, because you got the part. She goes, you can't tell the other actors outside in the in the lobby because I got to read them out of courtesy. I said, oh, okay. I walked out into the lobby, said, go home. She told me I got the job. <laughs> now, the valuable lesson is you never want to do any of that. Okay. Never, never want to get into a confrontation with another actor. You never want to, you know, put your hands on a casting director. But at my very first audition, they got me my SAG card. Okay. She taff Hartley me, got me into the Screen Actors Guild, paid me money so I could survive in Hollywood. I had no money. I didn't even have a bus fare to get me back to, to Van Nuys. Okay. The lesson was, is one, I owned the lobby, right? I mean, as far as I was concerned, these guys didn't have a shot. I was Billy. So how do you do that as an actor? It's the work that I teach. Creating that backstory, knowing the character, having the wardrobe, you know, bringing the character into the lobby. You don't have to say a word. You're bringing the character into the lobby. You've, you've owning, owning the lobby. Two, walking into that casting director, well, what did I do in that room? Well, I shook her up. I made her feel something. What were the given circumstances of the scene is I was trying to put fear into another kid. Well, what did I do? And, you know, I ran into the rap party and I said, why did you give me the part? She goes, you scared the shit out of me, kid. <laughs> Light bulb. Yeah. That's it. I made her feel something. The given circumstances, I made her feel something. All right. Three, walk out confident. I walked out pretty freaking confident when she told me I got the part. Right. Yeah. But you, the actor, you want to walk out confident. It doesn't matter what happened in the room. You want to walk out confident. Why? Casting director will see that and go, oh, my gosh, he did good because you, you, you're showing them that you did good. The other actors in the lobby, they see you walking out of that room pretty confident. You're taking them out of the game before they even walk into the room. So that was the valuable lesson of, you know, that first audition. And, and, I, and I was lucky. I was blessed that, I mean, it's just like, it's really manifesting. You know, I yeah. manifested that. I visualized myself being on that show. It's literally like I climbed into my TV set and I wiggled my way in between Lee Majors and, you know, Heather Thomas. And there I was. And it was a guest starring role and it literally set me on in the map. I mean, I, I, I did guest starring roles from then on and I was, I was off to the races. Now, was it easy? Was no, there was, that I starve? Did I eat frigging tuna fish sandwiches? And, you know, every day did I, at my first apartment, I had zero furniture. So I, I went to the pool and I, I took a lounge chair and, a, you know, the table with the umbrella, my refrigerator was a cooler, you know, and until somebody found out that I took all the furniture and then I had to give it all back. So, I mean, you know, but, but it's, 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 it's really about going in there, making them feel, you know, when I look at a script, I, the first thing I ask is why did the writer write this? What am I supposed to make that audience, that casting director feel, and then make them feel that. Mm -hmm. And then load it up with your truth, your soul, and they will feel it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's, Great advice. I, I I struggle with that. I struggle with that every single time I I you know I audition or I or I'm in class or whatever. Just trying trying to make 
everybody feel right and why are why like why were these these words written is is the is the struggle that i go through every time and and sometimes i don't come up with a, a good backstory and you kind of smack me on the back of the head but you know i'll i'll get there i'll i'll get to the the days where i'm making a backstory about the the characters and and their life and all that stuff is just second nature to me yeah it's just putting the work in yeah another another thing that i've noticed about you that i'm that i'm very jealous of is how easily you memorize scripts just like you just did in this in this story you you memorize you still remember the lines to an audition that you did i don't know what 40 years ago how long ago yeah was that? uh yeah it's like 34 well 84 i don't know do the math yeah and, and two weeks ago we were talking about what what my next my next monologue will be in in class and you were like why don't you do shakespeare and i was like huh you're like yeah just just do, just do shakespeare just go go research a, a monologue that, and, and do that. And I was like, can you give me an example? And you just rattled off a, a I don't know, it was probably two and a half minutes long of, of Shakespeare. And I was just like, how in the world do you still remember that? Like, when was the last time you actually practiced that? Please, I need to know personally, mm. how do you memorize a script so easily? Well, first off, I can't remember what I did yesterday, but, you know, I have a very, I, you know, if it, it's kind of my brain works in, in a weird little way. I have, I literally can remember scripts. I mean, I've, I've sides, even for parts that I auditioned for, you know, monologues from 20, 30 years ago, but I can't remember how to drive to a certain place that I've driven before. So it's like my, my short-term memory, is, I have so many files that I haven't deleted. So like that other stuff doesn't stick, yeah. but pieces of material that I've worked on, they stick. And my process of learning material is one, I like to become the writer, right? I like to look at the script and I like to really truly do a little script analysis, like break it down. Like what, first, what's the scene about? You know, what's this, the, you know, what's this scene? What are the beats in the scene? Uh, you know, let's say it's a monologue, you know, I'll, I'll, if it's a page long monologue, I'll just break it down into bite-sized pieces. And then what I like to do is I like to write it out because when I write it in my own handwriting, you know, I'm literally spelling it out, A, B, C, you know, and I'm, I'm carving that into my brain. I've become the writer. I am actually writing it. So anytime I'm looking to memorize a piece of material, I would, I like to write it out. Right. Because, you know, when you write it, you invite it into your brain. Okay. Then once, once again, I like to break it down into bite-sized pieces. So I'll take it into a beat and go, okay, well, what is this beat about? Right. And give myself some action that I'm doing in the beat, you know, give myself some, some verb, some, something that I'm doing in that beat that I can, I can know, okay, I'm, I'm seducing in this beat, right? This is the seduction beat. And so I know exactly what I'm doing. And once I memorize that little beat, then I can move to the next beat and then the next beat and the next beat. And once I get those beats and I write it down and I, sometimes I like to record it and I like to listen to it, you know, really kind of here I'll, I'll record, let's say I'm doing a scene and I don't have a scene partner. I'll record the other people's lines and I'll, I'll, I'll mouth mine. I'll leave that blank space. And then, then I'll just play it on a loop and, and I'll hear the line and I'll play the other character. I like to learn both sides of the, the script too, you know, because this way, even if my partner gets lost in a scene, whatever, I know where I'm at. There is no getting lost because I, I know what the moment is. I know what the beat is. I know what I'm doing in the beat. 
Mm-hmm. So I like to write it. I like to record it. I, I like to listen to it. You know, I, I, you know, everybody has their own approach to memorizing dialogue, but for me, it's really just breaking it down and, you know, little bite-sized pieces and finding those beats and naming them and then really writing them down. So they stick in my brain. Yeah. That's good advice. Um, another super important thing that, that I know a lot of people need information on is how do I self-tape? What is the most important thing when it comes to self-taping? Okay, so I have, you know, I'm a rule breaker. I've always been a rule breaker, you know, in Hollywood, you know. I mean, I can go and point to every movie poster in the studio and every role that I've got. And I know exactly what I did in the room, what big choice I made in that room that made them go, that's him. You know, I've had people on my podcast people that I've worked with producers or whatever. And I literally asked them on the podcast, well, why'd you give me the part? And, and, you know, the producer will say, well, I remember your audition, you know, and, and in the room, you know, it was a very, you know, the character had to explode and he had to get angry and whatever. And then he says, when you were leaving the room, you walked out of the room and you slammed the door and the cast director went (gasps) and put her hands over her ears. And I said to myself, that's him. Now, that's a big, bold choice. That could have backfired. They could have said, no, I'm never going to bring that guy in the room again. Yeah. But I didn't give a shit. That was the character. You know, the character was dangerous, uh, drunk, abusive, whatever. I'm not going to finish the abusive scene and say, oh, thanks for seeing me. Have a great day. You know, it's like it's it's breaking character. To me, I'm, I'm showing them the character. The entrance and the exit are bringing the character into the door. And I'm going to show them who that character is. Yeah. What about um, what about backgrounds, lighting? Um, I know those things are those things are all questions on my mind. Is can I do it with my phone? Do I need special special orders from Amazon lighting? Um, I remember the first time I self taped for you, and I had a picture of somebody skateboarding in my background. Or no, no, that's not what it was. It was uh, I took that photo, I took that picture down, and there was hooks on the wall. And there was like holes all over because I'd messed up the holes to the hooks. Yeah. And I remember, I remember uh, sending it to you and, and I spoke with you in class and you're just like, what the hell were those holes on the wall? And that's the first thing you noticed, right? Because as a, as a casting director, if, if there's other things to, to, to see, it's going to take your attention away from, away from the performance. Yeah. So, so once again, this is how I feel about self tapes. You know, the rule is, you know, they say, oh, you should have a blue background and it should be framed. You know, I mean, there's going to be a a description of what the casting directors are going to be looking for in the breakdown. They'll say, we want you to film it from shoulder, you know, shoulder up or whatever, you know, so you want to listen to their framing They, you know, what they want. They want a full body shot. You don't want to listen to the instructions, right? You want to give them what they want, but you know, as far as the character is concerned, and this is my personal belief and, and I've been doing self tapes before self tapes were even a thing. Okay. You know, I did an episode of NYPD blue where I played a, a guest starring role on it, where I played a son of a mafia boss who was gay, who was a psychopath who, who shoots his own brother in the head and kills a bunch of people and goes on a killing spree and they're trying to track me down. So it was a big episode of NYPD blue and it got a lot of, you know, attention. Right. And it was a very memorable character. Well, Shortly after, they were doing another episode, and I, I saw a breakdown for a character on NYPD Blue who was completely out. He was a Puerto Rican ex-con that just got out of Rikers Island that was suicidal, that was like a completely different character. And I was like, I want in on that. And I was told, no, I can't go in on it. And I was like, that's bullshit. I'm an actor, you know. 
And they were like, oh, we know Billy. No, we know what he does. You know, they were trying to put me in this box over here. And I was like, no, 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 no. So I got a friend of mine who had a camera and I said, I want to film this. And I filmed it. I grew a goatee. I had the thing and I put myself on tape. I had the accent or whatever. I sent that off. They said, yeah, we'd like to see him. I went in that room. I got that part. You know, and and they don't usually do that on like a primetime. It was a hit primetime series that they're yeah. going to let an actor play two different characters on the show. But they let me do that. So what I learned was is, is I served it up for them. I showed them the character. Now, mm-hmm. that's how I feel about self-tapes. OK, I booked a lot of self-tapes and I know what works. OK, all I care about. Listen, if I'm a casting director, I want to be able to see you. Mm-hmm. Right. So you don't want lights behind you. You don't want to be in a silhouette. You want to be you want to have, you know, a nice light source, you know, one that could be done through maybe there's a, a window that you can have in front of you, a, na- a nat- natural available light. You know, you can even throw a little curtain on in front and like a white curtain, like a shower curtain from Target to diffuse it. So it's a soft white light. You know, that's ways to get around not having to buy lights. Right. But let's say you have to shoot it at night and there is no sunlight or whatever. So it's nice to have some lights, you know, so you can go on Amazon and get yourself some LED panels. You know, there there are kits, you know, a three light setup. You know, one is a a key light that fills your face from this side. One is a fill light. Right. Mm-hmm. One is a hair light or a light that hits the background so you don't have a big old shadow behind you. Mm-hmm. So having the right light source is, is really important. I would highly recommend that actors go on YouTube and type in three point lighting and find some director of photography, giving them a three point lighting course, you know, or cinematic framing. You know, you type into YouTube. I mean, the beauty is, is everything's online now. So if you type in cinematic framing and you go to you know a real director of photography, you're going to see how they frame cinematic framing. Now I'm, I'm in the, I believe that you don't want to have a bunch of distractions in the background, but you know, if I'm reading for the serial killer on criminal minds, I don't want to have a blue background. That's fake to me, right? I'll find me a solid gray wall that looks like an interrogation room. I'll have the wardrobe on. I'll have the the orange jumpsuit or whatever. I'm going to show, I'm going to serve it up. So when they're flipping through tapes, boom, there it is. I've, I've literally showed them the character. I've done all the work. I've created the character and I'm showing, I'm not leaving anything to the imagination. It's very competitive now because of self-tapes, right? Back in the day, I might not let you into my office because I don't know you. You don't have a track record or whatever. But now if I see some footage of you or whatever, you know, your demo reel and I go, oh, well, he looks great for the part. Yeah, let's have him self-tape. You know, it's almost like pre-screening back in the day. They would get a, you go, you go meet with a, a casting director, but you would meet with her assistant first to see if you were good. If you were good, they bring you to casting. Well, now self-tapes are pretty much like a pre-screen. They'll let anybody, you know, if you're, if you're right for the role, great, let's see it. Mm-hmm. So they're going through thousands of self-tapes, right? You want to capture them, boom, off the bat. You don't want to save it for the end. You want to make a big choice in the beginning so that all of a sudden they're, you got them, right? You want to know what is the previous circumstance. You want to write, as soon as they tune in, they're going to have, you got to capture them, right? And now if it look right, it's frame right, it sounds right, you know, getting yourself a little lav mic, a good microphone, a shotgun mic pointing at you is important so you have good sound quality, Right. So you want to become like a little movie producer. You want to be able to frame it right, light it right, have the right sound. You're the wardrobe person. You're the hair, the makeup. You know, why not deliver them a piece of material? Listen, some people say, oh, it's only an audition, you know, but I don't look at it like that. I think that you already got the part. Show them, film it. 
they they should be able to take your footage and put it right there on the on the TV and go look at that. So should should the most powerful part of your audition be the first half? Like you should you're saying that you should never save something for the for the the end of it or. Yeah, well, listen, I, you know, I, I believe casting directors are going through self-tapes and they're going like this. They're going through them quickly. So if you don't capture them, if you're saving it for the end, they may not get to the end. Mm-hmm. Okay, You want to make a big choice up front. So they see it right out, right out the gate. They go, oh, my gosh. Now, now you keep them watching. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's my own personal opinion. You know, there are. Listen, if you're auditioning for a commercial, yeah, the blue background's great, whatever, you know, lit right properly, wonderful. Um, but if it's, a, 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 you know, a film or TV or, you know, it depends on the character. Well, who is the character? You know, find a background that is clean, doesn't have a lot of distractions, but kind of fits the scene, right? If you're doing a hospital scene, maybe it's a, a white wall, you know, and you have the scrubs on and, and you, you, you look like a, a doctor in a hallway. You know, just make me, I want to see it. I'll, serve it up. Why, why wait? You know, you have one opportunity. Why don't you give them everything you have, 150%. What um what am I looking at cost-wise with like all the equipment from Amazon and and, and all that stuff? Just just a ballpark. Ballpark. I mean, there there are different types of microphones. You know, you can get the the lower end mics, you can get the the better ones. You know, they have mics that go right on your iPhone. You know, you don't have to go out and buy an expensive camera. Your iPhone camera does great, especially if you have the new camera. You know, the, the footage is great. You know, they have these little microphones that that stick, you know, I think Rode makes one. They stick right toward in the bottom of the, the phone and they point right at you. It's a little shotgun mic. Those things are like 50, 60 bucks or something like that. I like lav mics that you can put on your body. Um, I, you know, you can move around a little bit and not like you're going to be moving around, but they're, they're good mics to have those, you know, you can buy a package of those and uh, for like, I don't know, like 200 bucks or something like that, a lighting setup. You know, you can probably get a, a, a three-point lighting setup, like, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks on Amazon, you know, a background, 20 bucks. You know, you can set yourself up, but you want to set yourself up. You don't, you want to have a little spot that this is my spot. This is my self-taping. I have the lights up. I'm, I'm ready to go, man. I just stand on my mark and mm. press record and, 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 you know, go to work. You know, some yeah, of these I little. Like, I, I feel like if you, if you tell yourself that you can't afford, if you can't afford, you know, the, the the necessities for, for a proper self tape. I, I don't know. I just feel like that's that you're not, you're not uh, prioritizing acting then because you're probably wasting money on other things. You know, you're going to Starbucks or you're going to the bar at night or buying a, you know, a, t- a 24 pack of beer. If you kind of cut out all of those and you invest in, in, in acting, then I think that you can afford it. I don't, I don't think there's any excuses that are, that I'll believe that, that, that you know you can't afford the proper the proper things to do a good self tape. Listen, there are ways to get around it. If you don't have any money and you're you're starting out, well, if you do have a phone, that's your camera, right? If you're close to camera, you you may not not necessarily need a high end mic. You know, you could you know, there's a little plug in mics that you can plug. You can get them for twenty yeah. bucks. You know, so you know uh, your light source. You know, if you don't have you know the LEDs or whatever, you can use a a regular light source. You know, just make sure they're in front of you and diffuse them so they. They're, they're not, you know, too harsh on you. You know, there's a ways, you know, if you go online, once again, you go to YouTube Academy and just type in uh, a cheap lighting for movies and, you know, the people show you, oh, okay, you go to Home Depot, you get this light, you got a little can around it, you put a little piece of paper around, all of a sudden you made a, a light, you know, it, when there's a will, there's a way. Money should not stop you from, you know, doing what you got to do. But if you are professional, if you're a serious actor, this is how you're going to work. It's 
self-tapes, 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 self-tapes. You want to master self-tapes. You want to be filming yourself all the time and playing and experimenting a little walk around your house. You know, let's say you don't, you can't afford a, a backdrop, clean wall, maybe paint it blue. So you, you got a clean blue wall. You know, you just got to stand in front of it. You know, there are ways to get around, you know, if you don't have the money, but yes, you want to invest in yourself. This, if you're serious about it, that's how you're going to work. So you want to make sure that you're, you're putting in the work. Yeah. Speaking, speaking of money, I'm sure a lot of people's, a lot of actors want to be in LA. They want to be in New York. They want to be in the cities where, where the auditions are. Right. But I also think that, that a lot of people don't have the means necessary to move to LA or New York. What's your advice for those people? Well, you know, with, since the pandemic and self-tapes is such a big deal, I don't think you really have to move right now to L.A. or New York. If you're, if you're hungry and you're hustling, you can get an audition. You can get a self-tape, you know, if you're living in a different state and, yeah. and, and, and send it over. And if they love you, you may have to then you may have to, you know, usually they want to hire a local hire. Like if I'm shooting something in New York, I want New York actors. I don't want to have to fly an L.A. actor out or a Chicago actor out, you know. But listen, if you're so great. Right. Be so great that they're willing to do whatever they got to do to get you. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll pay for you. I want you're the guy. You showed me you're the guy. I'll pay for you to go. You know, that was but, a, that was something that I, I got uh, recently, uh, maybe like a month and a half ago. It was a it was a it was something for the, the Showtime show. Uh, was it Lake Lake show or Showtime? The, the Lakers oh, the show. Lakers show. Yeah. It said uh, like everything that you needed to be, you need to be six two with like a history of basketball and, and all those things. And then at the end, it said must be L.A. local. And I was just like, man, they're just going to pick this guy from you have to be in L.A. to be on this show. That seems weird, right? Yeah. So listen, if you're if you're the guy and you live in New York and you look like Kurt Rambis, right, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm submitting for that thing. I'll I'll freaking sleep on a friend's couch or whatever. I'll do whatever I got to do. I'll say I'm LA LA based. You know, lie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm LA based. You know, they don't know yeah. where you're based out of. You know, if they if they, you feel like the role is right for you, you do whatever you got to do to to get in the door. Yeah. So I'm taking classes. I'm doing self tapes. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm an actor, right? A professional actor. I'm I'm I believe in myself. All these things. How do I get an agent? Well, first off, you know, let's say you came to me with me and I'm an agent, right? And I'm going to say, the first thing I'm going to say is, uh, what have you been up to? So you want to be able to, you don't want to go nothing. You know, you want to be able to say, well, I, I did this thing and I did that thing. And here's some footage of this or whatever. You want to say you've been up to something. So what I recommend before you start looking for an agent, and this is just my recommendation. But how, do you, uh, how do you even reach out to an agent? Well, listen, you get a list of, like I did, you know, you get a list of agents, franchise talent agents from the Screen Actors Guild. You know, you go on the website, you can get that list, okay? Now you have a list of agents. And you do a little research, right? You want to look into them, okay? I would highly recommend getting an IMDB account, right? Maybe paying for the IMDB Pro account because the Pro account gives you access to emails and phone numbers, Okay. You can find uh, an agent and you can literally find all their information. And that's where you're going to be sending them your materials. But you want to get your materials right. You want to, first off, you want to have a, you know, figure out, okay, what's my cast ability? What am I selling to Hollywood? I'm a product. I'm selling a product to Hollywood. If you don't know what you're selling, they don't know what they're buying. 
Okay. So you got to be very clear on what I'm selling. What kind of roles do I see myself playing? And then, you know, the beauty is you have these, you know, cameras in your pocket, create footage, have some footage of you playing that role. If you see yourself playing a Marine, great. Have a monologue of you playing a Marine. If you see yourself playing a cop, have a monologue of you playing a cop, you know, have some footage of you playing those roles. So you're literally showing them, put it together in a two, three minute reel of showing your best work. If you're, you know, what's your talent? If you have the ability to cry, cool, do something where you're crying or you're comedic or whatever, have something that truly showcases your talent. You know, back in the day when I came here, you had to actually book the job to get the footage from the TV show. You had to hire some guy to take it off the, you know, television and put it on a three quarter tape and transfer. I mean, it was like, now you have, you have a movie studio in your back pocket. You know, so you want to be able to, you can have your own TV channel. I mean, that's the, you know, you got YouTube, you got Instagram, you got, I mean, you got all this stuff. You don't need, you know, you literally can start your own TV channel. Mm -hmm. So, you know, start creating pieces of material that show your talent. May do a short film. Yeah. Do a short, you know, create stuff that really shows your cast ability and, you know, take that footage and put it on the casting websites, the LA casting, the actors access and start submitting yourself on projects, right? Go book that short film, that student film, that web series, that commercial, whatever. Start building a second reel, which is like a show reel. Like, oh, I just booked this. Now you get an IMDB credits, right? You got a resume. So when you come to me, the agent, I go, what have you been up to you? So I just finished a short film. I did the student film. Here's some footage from the last thing, whatever. And I'm going to look at you going, wow, you're in class. You're working on your craft. You have this. Here's your headshots, professional headshots. You got all this stuff. Wow. You're booking all that stuff. Well, what if I got you on the big stuff, the national commercials, the high paying stuff, I'm going to make money off you. You're a product. I have to look at you and see dollar symbols. I'm going to make money if I represent you. Okay. So you're selling a product, but you want to make sure that you're coming into that room, guns blazing, not going, Oh, do you have a monologue? Uh, no. Uh, do you have any footage on yourself? No. Well, you know, come back to me in a year when you do have some of that stuff, I don't have time to waste. You know, so you have one opportunity. So make sure when you do go into that door, you're ready to go. Yeah. How, um, like, I mean, you might not know this answer, but how many on average, how many agents do I have to email or call or whatever for somebody to say yes? <laughs> that, that I, you know, I have no idea that you can send it to one agent. And they go, oh my gosh, I love this guy. I want him. <laughs> but why not? 10 exit, right? Instead of sending one email out, send 10. Instead of 10, 10, send 50. You know, it's a numbers game. The more you're out there, the more people are seeing you. Nobody knows you're an actor. You got to let everybody know I'm an actor. You got to yeah. promote yourself. Your Instagram, your, your social media has to say actor. Put pieces of material. You Because they're going to look. They're going to Google you. They're going to go on and they go, oh my gosh. Oh my, I saw him do that monologue. It made me cry. Yeah. These guys are um, a really good actor. If 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 an agent, I mean, I'm I'm making you have to feel like an agent, but if I'm an agent, right. Or if you're an agent and I reach out to you, I email you and uh, my headshots are good or whatever. And you look at my Instagram, I have 300 followers, right. Is that, is that a negative thing in their mind or, or are they just like, Oh, he's just, he's just an up and comer. Listen, you know, I, and I have a problem with that. You know, I mean, it, the, the the sad point, part is, is people do look at that follow. And like, I was producing a short film or whatever. And me and the, the other producer kind of got into a, a little bit, right? Because I like this one actor. She liked the other actor. Why she liked the other actors? The other actor had 50,000 followers. I like the actor with 300 followers. I was like, no, I want, I'm directing. I want this one. No, I want this one. I mean, we had a problem. Okay. 
people do look at that. Okay. So yeah, you want to start building your brand. Now you want to start putting out, you know, pieces of material that show you as an actor and start gradually building your brand. Do I think it's important as far as finding an agent? No. I think if you're talented and you show them that you're talented, it doesn't matter how many followers you have. If I see you and I know that I'm going to make money off of you. And when I, when I land you that series, you're going to have all the followers. That's just going to come because you're on a hit TV series. So I'm not worried about followers. There, there are a lot of, influencers are out there. They got all these followers and they're getting opportunities now because they have followers, but they can't deliver. You know, they, they get that shot and you know, they're, they're not real actors. If you're high, if I'm a director, I'm not hiring an actor just because they're followers. I'm hiring an actor because they're really good. Yeah. You know, uh, when, when should, when should an actor and how, and, and, and what should a headshot look like? And, and when should they get them? Like, should, should they get the headshots first and then take the classes and all that stuff? Or, Well, you know, here's, here's the thing. Once again, I mean, it depends if you, you have the money to invest. But the crazy part is these iPhones that we have have, like, really good cameras in them. And you can set a timer on. You can put it on portrait mode or whatever. And you can literally take a pretty decent picture of yourself. You know, if you light it right and you, you know, have some, you know, and, and play around and get a really strong picture of yourself. You know, what that's what should the background be then? Well, I mean, it kind of depends. Let's say, you know, what's your castability? If you, you want to do something, you know, uh, let's say you're promoting yourself as an athlete, right? So maybe it's a, you know, a background that looks, you know, like, um, you know, something athletic and you're wearing some athletic clothes, you know, you're working out, it's kind of lifestyle, whatever. Depending on what you're auditioning, if I'm looking, you know, your cast abilities, I see myself playing a businessman. Well, maybe I got a suit on, you know, and I got a, a, you know, a background that kind of looks like I'm in an office, you know, just something. The background has to be kind of out of focus blur. It's really about you. You know, you don't want to be doing any of this over the shoulder looking, you know, kind of stuff. You know, it's a headshot. It's this. I've seen, I've seen those before, though, where, you know, people are kind of like to the side. And, and yeah, but and listen, you're not. You're and, not a, and, and, and as somebody who doesn't know the business as well as you do. I always think like, oh shoot, are my are my headshots wrong then? Like, because yeah. mine are pretty, you know, like it, straightforward. So a headshot is just that a headshot. Now, listen, I've been in this business since they were the black and white headshots. You know, there was a black and white, and then they went into three quarters. You know, they went over the years. They went to the you know different styles of headshots. You know, and then they went to color, and then you know. So now, listen, if you met with me and I'm an agent. And I'm going to probably want you to shoot with a photographer that I work with. So you're going to, I'm going to ask you to probably reshoot your photos. I want you to shoot with this photographer. I really like this photographer. Okay. So why spend all that money, you know, have a really good shot. I mean, if you have the money, sure, invest, go look, do some research, go online, find best headshot photographers in LA or New York, and then look at their websites and really look at their work and look through the men's gallery and the women and look at their stuff. Is it, is a guy shooting indoors? Do they look like school photos with the background? You know, what are they shooting outdoors, natural light, you know, really start doing some research on headshots, find a good headshot photographer and get yourself a couple you don't need to shoot 7,000 photos, you need a good theatrical picture and a good commercial picture just to start. What's the, what's the difference? What's the difference between theatrical and commercial? Then? Well, a theatrical, you know, is, you know, something maybe a little charactery, maybe, you know, with the, the suit on, you know, it's kind of tight. It's, it's lit a certain way. Um, a commercial is, you know, with the blue background with a big smile on your face, you know, like I'm selling, you know, soap, whatever. 
like a LinkedIn picture? <laughs> no, that's 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 more like a school picture, you know, like with the background. No, it's more, you know, just the actual you you can type in commercial if you go to these photographers, right, and you look and you start doing your research, you'll see uh, you know, they'll have commercial pictures and you'll see they're just brighter. They they're they're more uh, that you're smiling, the colors, the backgrounds, the, the the wardrobe, the layers, you know, it's they just feel more inviting than something that's I'm um, playing a detective. Mm-hmm. You know, they're uh, kind of opposite. Yeah. So your advice is to is to get one with your own cell phone at first. Listen, if you don't have money to in, uh, invest in a professional photographer, yeah, but you got to do it. Make it look like you shot it at, at one of these photo places. Look at their photos. Look at their background. Look at their lighting and shoot it. The, the, you can get a good photo on your iPhone. Okay. Now, if you shot it in your backyard and or your friend shot it and it looks, you know, like, it looks like it was shot in your background, that says uh, amateur. You don't want anything that says amateur. Okay. If you can get a decent picture of yourself and it looks just like those photos that you shot, you know, you saw on that photographer's website, cool, use that. But if it looks like amateur hour, invest the money and get a picture. You know, I can do it because I know I, I know how to light, I know how cameras. I mean, I've shot photos on my high-end cameras, and then I shot photos on my iPhone, and I like the ones on the iPhone better. So if you know, if I can do it, you can do it. You just gotta spend some time playing with it. Um, should all actors beyond actors access and things of that nature well absolutely i mean why not get your you know self in the game why don't you want why not start working on your auditioning skills your self tapes right why not get some uh, uh some material right yeah. you may be able to use that piece of footage that you shot for something that came up you know uh, another role i have this footage of myself you you're just creating footage of you that one day somebody's gonna be looking for a military guy and i just so happen to have a military monologue that i shot for this thing that i auditioned for on you know on actors access why not why not start testing the waters start getting your auditioning game you know where it needs to be because you know it's like it's kind of like playing uh in the, in the minor leagues right you want to yeah. get your skills up before you get to the big leagues yeah you don't want to go into the big leagues and not have your skills where they have to be yeah so you want to yeah. you want to play you know triple a ball <laughs> double a <laughs> that makes that makes sense and for people yeah for people that don't know, AAA and AA are, are, are the minor leagues of baseball. Yeah, I mean, I'm just giving you that analogy because you're a baseball yeah. player. But, you know, you had to play. You had to get, work your way up to the big leagues, you know. You don't want to go to the big leagues and have somebody throwing heat at you and you don't know how to hit the pitch because you never practiced in the, you know, you you, you got to practice your game in the, in the minor leagues. And that's, you know, doing your own self-submissions and going out and auditioning and getting comfortable and, and really working on your self-tape game. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I, I really, I really love about, about your classes is, is I've been to, to other studios and other studios are great. Don't get me wrong, but you're actually filming things. You have cameras all over your studio. Uh, you put backdrops up, you teach people how to, you know, if there's a tight frame, not move your shoulders or not move your hands. I had a big problem. Like I would be talking like this. I probably still have this problem, but like I'd be talking in, in a, in a tight frame like this and you'd be videotaping it. And I, I had, and you say you're acting with your hands and I'd be like, what the hell does that mean? And you'd be like, well, just put your hands like underneath your, underneath your ass or something. So you don't, you don't talk with your hands. And this is what, like, literally, this is what you'd be seeing in my, in my, in my frame. And it looks terrible. But that's that's I would never have known that if I never came to your class and I was just doing the, the other classes where, where 
none of that has happened. So do you recommend finding, finding a, a studio or a class that teaches that aspect of acting or just, or just the studios where, you know, you're having fun and you're being a different character and you're being a horse or whatever, you know what I mean? So listen, th this studio that I built here eight years ago, I built it for, listen, when I first came out to Hollywood, I wish there was somebody like me that would have taught me yeah. the game, right? But there wasn't. I had to take a lot of bad acting classes. And I, I did. I took a lot of bad acting classes. Teachers yeah. that would yell at you. Teachers that were, it's an egomaniacs, you know? I've been in all those classes. So I, what I wanted to create here was a safe environment for artists to grow. And I know how important it is. What I teach is... I've been on those sets. I've been a movie producer. I know what a real set feels like. I know. So I want to give my actors that experience. They know how to stand on a mark. They know their frames. They know their eye lines. They know how. So when they do show up to a set one day, they're more trained than all of the other actors. They've been trained to be a professional actor. And, you know, being able to watch yourself on, on, a, on a, a big screen, right? You get to see what you're doing. And, you know, acting for film and television is less is more and keeping it truly simple. So, you know, if you're doing too much behavior, imagine that on a big screen in the theater. It's yeah. just too much. So it's a great tool for you to look at and go, well, what am I doing? Oh, I'm doing too much. I'm raising my eyebrow, moving my head. You know, I'm not holding my frame. My eyeline's off. And it's all those technical, you know, it's show business. You got to know the business end of it. You got to know the technical part of it. So, you know, you're a fully trained actor that, you know, when you show up to a set, you know how to hit a mark, you know yeah. how to hold a frame. And I think it's really important because I don't think there are a lot of acting teachers that teach that a lot of teach the craft of acting, but they don't teach the other side. And, yeah. you know, that's what I do here. So what, what would you say to people who, I mean, I don't want to call out like Omaha, but, or, let's say the outskirts of, of the middle of nowhere and they don't, they don't have an acting class or an acting studio that is like yours. It's just the, the, you know, let's have fun acting class, which is great. Like it teaches you, it teaches you how to, how to get out of your own head and, and, and do those types of things, but it doesn't teach you everything else that you need. And that's what I was creating. So, so what's your advice to somebody who li literally lives in the middle of nowhere and they don't have access to that? Well, if they have a laptop, they should reach out to me and they can <laughs> work with me <laughs> and they will learn that. I mean, I, you know, during the pandemic, I, I had, I have people in different states or whatever. I mean, I literally build demo reels. If I show you the demo reels that actors, I have an actress that she really didn't know how to turn off old, older actress. She didn't know how to use her phone. But if I show you the footage that I trained her and how, how she's a master at self tapes now, she's better than my young actors and she didn't know how to turn on a phone. But now she really gets it. I mean, she she knows she she wanted to create a piece of footage of her playing the judge. She went on Amazon. She got herself a judge's robe. We found a bookshelf like you have behind you. We put a bunch of books and stuff like that. She got herself a gavel. She did this monologue of a judge. It looks like a piece of footage off of a, a of a real, you know, courtroom drama. And you did this all through Zoom. All through Zoom. Yeah, I taught her how to light. I taught her how to frame. I taught her, you know. So now she's she's a self tape master. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't matter where you live, but if, if you don't want to do it, you know, uh, via Zoom or whatever, I would really do your research and find a studio, you know, read reviews, you know, find out who that teacher is. Has this teacher ever done anything? Does, do they have any experience? You know, really kind of do your homework and make sure you're, you're studying with the right person. Yeah. What do you, what do you um, say to people that are regardless of age, they're afraid to to be in LA. 
Because I know a lot of people that are just afraid to be in L.A. Afraid to be in L.A.? Hmm. Yeah. Because it's, say- it's a monster. I mean, like, I hate to say it, but it's a monster. You know, and I'm not even talking about the, the entertainment industry. I'm just talking about being here in general, fitting in, friends, finding people that are, that are genuine. Um, I've been very fortunate in my, my days in L.A. I'm from Toronto, so I was probably, I was nervous. I started in Orange County. Orange County is a softer landing when you're, when you're coming to California. Um, but but it is a, it's a beast. And you, you, you have to have thick skin. Like, like you're the guy that, that has thick skin. You grew up in Brooklyn and now you're in LA and LA is like nothing to you because you grew up in Brooklyn, but, but it, it's a, it's a, it's a hard landing for, for a lot of people. And I just want to know what, what you, what your advice is for people that are, are thinking about moving here. Well, listen, it's not as scary as, as, as you, it's not easy. Nobody I, said I, it's not, it's not easy, but it's not as scary as that. I mean, you know, fine. Find your tribe, man. Get into a good acting class. Find other actors, you know, that that are that everybody's on the same path. You want to find those friends that are on the same wavelength as you. And if you find that little tribe, you know, you, you, you're not going to be alone. You know, it's really important to find people that are really have those dreams, those same dreams, or maybe people that have already achieved that, that you can model and, and surround yourself with the right people. And that's you really going out there and 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 you know, put in the work, you know, finding that right class, finding that right tribe. And and then you'll have people that are on the same path as you and you're not alone. Yeah. What about actors who are considering writing? I think it's a great idea. That's a good option. I think it's a brilliant idea. I think, you know, now because of these little phones in our pocket, you you can be a movie producer. You know, I, I tell my actors all the time, you know, I have a, a couple of actors in my class, uh, you know, they just, they shot a short film, they entered it into a short film festival, they won best, uh, you know, won an award, you know, I, that's what you want to do. You want to create your stuff. You want to, you know, if you find that tribe of actors, you know, the, in acting class, you create your own material. You got an idea. Yeah, we should do this. You brainstorm. You know, I mean, we've been doing in class here, my my Monday night class, you know, a couple of times we had, a, you know, people were sick, didn't show up. We had a small class. I said, well, we're going to shoot a film, three hour short film. And we've made like three of them in the past couple of weeks. And in literally three hours, we sat, we brainstormed, we wrote a script, you know, figured out the script. We didn't write the dialogue, but most of it was improv, but we structured it. This is the beginning, this is the middle, this is the ending, this is this, this, this. And then we just got the iPhone out and you shot it. And I got to tell you, it looks pretty good. You know, yeah. I mean, anybody can go to uh, to my YouTube channel. It's called Inside the Manhattan Actors Studio with Billy Gallo. And if you go on there, some of those short films are up there right now. And, you know, we just kind of sat around and made it. So why not? Why not turn the desk and you be the producer, you be the director, you be the writer and go, hey, I wrote this. You want to audition for me? You know, why don't you raise your flag and have people march behind you? You know, why wait? Why wait for somebody to knock on a door? You know, if you have the ability to do that, then, you know, tell the story. I mean, there's so many great apps. Like I said, this phone, you can literally get a final draft mobile on your phone and, you know, take a little tutorial. And then you really literally go exterior, Brooklyn Street Day, Bob pops up the name. And then you you just speak out the dialogue. And then you go in there and you clean it up, you polish, and you tighten it up. You know, writing is rewriting. But why not get something out there and put it put it out there? And then maybe have a couple actors read it. 
or yeah. sit around and get some notes and create. And then you just keep polishing and you get something tight. And then you go out there and you, you use your resources. Maybe you have a friend that's got a restaurant. You say, Hey, can you think I can use your restaurant to shoot in? Yeah, sure. Whatever. Or, oh, I know a guy who's got a gym. Oh, I'm going to use his gym. And now you have locations, you have production value, you call in some favors and you make your own stuff. There's no reason why you cannot create your own stuff. Yeah. I literally just downloaded uh, final draft this morning. Awesome. Yeah. So I've always, I mean, I've always loved writing. I've always been really good at writing. My science is not great. My math is not great, but my, my writing skills have always been right up there. So I'm excited to start, to start learning the craft of writing and maybe write something good and, and, you know, make my own movie or, or be the person that, that has to be brought on because I wrote the script. Yeah. Listen, if, if the listeners out there, they should look at my my uh, podcast with Bobby Moresco. He's, I think it was my first guest, Academy Award winner. Okay. Didn't graduate high school. Didn't have any background. He he read, he read a lot of scripts. He read a lot of plays. He figured it out. He wrote his way to the Academy Awards. He's got an Oscar. Okay. Uh, George Gallo, who just was on my last podcast, you know, he's, he's written in his last film. He was Robert De Niro, Tommy Lee Jones, uh, Morgan Freeman, you know, he figured it out. He figured out, okay, this is how he went to the, the writer's guild and read some scripts and go, okay, but some dialogue, some description. All right, I can figure this out. Yeah. You know, so I highly recommend read as many screenplays that, you know, go online. What's your favorite movie? Google PDF script, read it. You know, start reading scripts and you really kind of get a, uh, familiar with the structure of it and, and write your own stuff. Start writing a short and then maybe that short develops into a feature. Yeah. Yeah. You gave me a copy of, of Reservoir Dogs and I loved every second of it, reading the whole script and all that stuff. And you only gave me 99 pages. So I appreciate that. <laughs> I got to the best part of the movie. You, I was uh, like, oh. That's oh, my bad. You know, I have, I, have, I have a stack of scripts that I either auditioned for that I've done in my closet and you know, they're a mess. So sometimes the pages fall out. They, those brats, the, you know, the last pages fall out. So my bad. Yeah. Um, well, dude, I, I, um, I've learned as much, you know, during this, how, I don't know how long we've been doing this, but, but I've learned more in the last three months than I have in the last two years at, at other studios. And, and like I said, at the, at the beginning of this, um, I'll, I'll be forever grateful for you, whether we never work together again, or, or we continue for the rest of our lives. I'm, I'm grateful for everything that you've, that you've done. And, and, and like I said, if, if anybody gets an opportunity to be in Manhattan beach or in the LA area or, or wherever, um, I guess because you have Zoom, you can do whatever. But uh, working working with Billy is is life changing, literally life changing. So that's my that's my two cents at the at the end. Well, thank you, Chris. You know, I just had a curiosity. I'm going to ask you. Okay, what is your you know being with me for a couple of months now? What is your biggest takeaway? What have what have you learned uh, setting with me? So my my biggest takeaway for you, and and I never I never realized this in other studios is. I have to come, be, come to class prepared mm-hmm. and coming to class prepared is like coming to set prepared. It's the exact same thing. We do the scene and all that stuff in other classes, other studios, nobody ever held me accountable for, for not coming to class uh, prepared, not memorizing my lines, not having, you know, the appropriate hair or whatever. Cause I always like doing my hair. And sometimes like, if I'm in jail, I'm not going to have perfect quaff in my hair. <laughs> um, but you, you hold me accountable 
And that's, that's the thing that I really, really like. I know that some people probably, I don't know, they'd, they'd be hurt if, if someone held them accountable just because, you know, some people don't like that, but, but I, I need someone to, to, to give me constructive criticism. If I didn't do something correctly, you know, let me know if I didn't come to class prepared, let me know if I didn't do something, you know, that I'm supposed to do, let me know. And, and, and you never, or I should say you always do, you know, you, you don't, you don't hold anything back. And, and I really, really appreciate that. I've, I've among, among a million other things I've learned. Well, you know, it's it's all about preparation. I'm training you to be a professional actor. So when you do get that opportunity, you're going to be more prepared than everybody else. Yeah. You know, and you, the, the talent's already there. You know, it's mm-hmm. I, I can't give you talent, but I'm going to make you live up to the talent that was given to you. You know, right. so I'm going to just chip away at the shit that you don't need and, to get to the, you know, the the beauty that's truly in, 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 within you, which is your talent. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, I can't thank you. Thank you from uh, the bottom of my heart for, you know, one, sending me that text saying that we should do this and stepping up and, you know, being here today and spending your time. And I think this is really a great podcast. So I uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I, I look forward to seeing you in class. Anytime, man. Hopefully we're doing this in 10 years and you're asking yeah. me questions. Well, listen, I have no <laughs> doubt in my mind, no doubt in my mind. And this rec- this is a record of it. Mark my words that you're going to blow up in this, in this industry and you're going to be very successful. And this is going to be a record of this conversation. I do. Thank so you, when you man. get in your award, you're going to say, yeah, I was going to say all this information I'll be using going forward too. So this, this was a podcast for me as well. I'm just not, I'm not the, the, the guy that's, that's, you know, the guest I'm, I'm literally going to use this information. So awesome. Thank well, thank you. All right, brother. Take care. I do too. All right. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Please rate, review, share this with your friends. Subscribe if you haven't. Please take whatever you get from here, the golden nuggets, and apply them to your career. Go after your dreams with passion. Don't let anybody tell you it can't be done. I believe in you. Follow your dreams. I'll see you in Hollywood.